Hello and welcome to this Care Leaders Network sector commentary conversation with Samantha Guest. Uh, Samantha, could you give me a quick introduction about yourself and then also about Ridouts, the, the company that you work for? Certainly. Um, hi everyone, my name is Samantha, as Simon has just said, and I am a lawyer with Ridouts Professional Services. For those who don't know us, we are a law firm who specialise in health and social care, and we act solely for the providers. So that means that we're available to anybody within the sector who may have any issues with regulators or beyond that scope. Got you. Perfect. Um, and what was it you were looking to, uh, to talk about today? So one of our primary roles at Red Arts is dealing with a regulator by the name of the CQC or the Care Quality Commission, who I'm sure many people listening to this will have some experience with. And what I'm wanting to discuss with you today is a new framework which they have put forward, which basically will alter quite significantly the way that they are deciding to assess providers within the sector. Great. Okay, perfect. So my um, probably relatively limited understanding of, uh, of this, and I guess just to put this in context for the, uh, for the audience, is to say that the uh, the Chloe's the key lines of inquiry uh, and the the domains of safe, responsive, caring, effective, and well led, well remembered. Well uh, done, well done. Will uh, will all be done away with, uh, and uh, the individual kind of subheadings that sit within the uh, within the, uh, the the Chloe's that sit within those five domains um, will be yeah canned basically. Uh, in the not too distant future. So my understanding is also the fact that it would be um, two insights that I've certainly learned about this is the fact that firstly, it was going to happen sometime relatively soon. And now it's now probably not going to, because I get the impression that the CQC are kind of not quite, um, not quite on target with, uh, with their own expectations, which I think has had a bit of a ripple effect. And then also as well, uh, my understanding is that they're trying to I guess homogenized regulation um so that the cqc who who regulate all health and social care organizations um have a, a, a standard approach if you like across all of them to try and create continuity which in some ways i can see why that's a brilliant idea in some ways i don't know how it's going to work and i'm a little bit worried uh so i really interested to have this conversation with you as uh, as well um because I guess at the moment there's there's only so much that we can talk about because there's a little bit of the uh, unknown, um, mm. but, but equally as well we've we've got some insights and some some things that we should probably uh, probably uh, pro probably share and just share some ideas and get get I guess share what's possible at this stage and it'll probably turn into a bit of a um, a uh, an ongoing commentary uh, as things evolve and we learn more. Very accurate. I mean, unfortunately, it's a situation where there are probably more questions than answers at this point. And you're very correct in your discussion about the CQC being rather behind schedule. Um, it started in August 2022. There was a game plan for this is when it's all going to start. We're here. We're ready to go. And there have definitely been teething issues and discussions that maybe weren't had that should have been had before they decided to kind of release this new framework makes sense um i the the um the, the, the there's a lot of i guess there's always going to be a certain amount of tension from a provider to a regulator perspective that that kind of natural tension is always going to be going to be there i feel like at the moment there's probably 
heightened tension because of I guess the evolution and some of the the unknown at the moment so what what do we know is uh like what's <laughs> changing specifically at the moment that's maybe causing some of that some of that tension yeah certainly I guess one of the biggest parts that that we at Routes are kind of a little bit concerned to be a bit of a tension area is the draft inspection reports or the inspection report process. I mean, at the moment, providers are very aware that they are subject to inspection and the CQC may turn up. And as a result of that, there is an inspection report produced. The issue we have with this new strategy is that they appear to be moving away from doing inspections and hoping to continuously be assessing a provider. Now, what that means is that a provider essentially always has to be on guard and prepared to provide information at the drop of a hat, which does happen now. I would be misleading if I said that didn't occur. But the issue is, is that is now going to be a lot more pivotal to what the public is reading on the CQC website. It appears that the CQC are aiming to limit inspections for resource purposes and in the hope of not leaving significant gaps between when a provider is inspected, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, some of our clients have gone years without inspection. And so as a result, they've either significantly increased in that period or there's been a decrease in their service. And so it's very jarring for the public to kind of see somebody go from outstanding down to good or from requires improvement up to good. So there's a positivity in kind of constantly assessing somebody, but the question is how are they going to be doing that? And is it going to be a process in which providers are either aware that they're being assessed at that point in time or be actually a part of the process if the CQC are choosing to do off-site only inspections, for example. So is a provider even going to be aware that something is going on in the background? So I'm kind of forward tracked a little bit there and I'll break that down a touch more. So with the CQC deciding not to do consistent inspections and aiming to do a balance between what they're calling off-site and on-site inspections, they're aiming to reach more people, is their wording. They're trying to become more public-focused in the sense of being able to get information and insights from those who maybe tend to be forgotten and what is the current inspection process. So they're talking about having discussions with third parties, such as healthcare professionals who might come into homes. The obvious ones are service users and their families and people associated with the service. They have divided or devised what they're calling evidence categories. Now, as a lawyer, evidence automatically gets my ears kind of pricked up and I think as a provider it's going to have that effect if the CQC continue down this trajectory. In essence there are six evidence categories that the CQC are going to be utilizing to decide whether an on-site inspection is required 
or whether they can produce a report based on the information they've based they've obtained behind closed doors makes it sound a bit too shady it's not closed doors but it's information which they've managed to obtain either through a third party through phone calls with the provider through staff all of that sort of information my primary concern when i look at these evidence categories is that even though the cqc talk about each category being weighted evenly and if i name those categories for you they're people's experience with health and social care services feedback from staff and leaders feedback from partners observations um it gives you an idea that they're trying to spread the information across all relevant portions of a provider's service. But the reality is a lot of the information obtained from those categories is people's third party opinion or bias or unfounded and potentially ungrounded statements, which might be weighted unreasonably heavily against solid information that a provider could outwardly provide to the CQC. Does sure. that make some sort of sense? So um, I, my interpretation of what you've explained, so if you look at the current regulatory set of circumstances where we have five domains and a handful of, I say a handful of, there's plenty of uh, Chloe's for uh, each one, key lines of inquiry for under each one of those headings, which is very, very specific. Um, and well, it, it aims to be specific. There is, of course, gray area, but there's um, the, the, there's there's a case to be made that the current framework seems to be more objective and aims to be kind of fact based, whereas what you're suggesting is that it seems to be um, kind of perspective and narrative based. So it, the the I guess the 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 risk there would be that it would be m maybe more subjective in its nature almost mm. naturally because of the the almost the the framework it's itself am I, am I understanding that correctly at least from, from from your understanding of things yeah definitely and i mean i probably should have said this earlier at the moment it's very subject to interpretation because people the information that the cqc is releasing is fairly intermittent and comes at kind of intervals that are very spread apart so you're trying to formulate this picture to get an understanding of what this might look like but it's all coming in bits and pieces but mm -hmm. I would completely agree with your kind of summary of what was just discussed that is the primary concern at the moment is that we are potentially going towards an avenue in which the CQC are placing a lot of reliance on information from parties that can be affected by matters beyond a provider's control. So are you really getting an accurate perception of the service to publish to the public? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, I, I, I can, people's perspective is valuable. Of course it is. Hmm. Um, and uh, people's experiences and things like that are always going to be valuable. So I, it's important i guess to state that it's it, it's not that it's if our interpretation at this stage is correct let's uh, let's say um that the the approach doesn't have 
merit um i guess there's the 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 pros and cons have to be have to be weighed up and of course the devil's going to be in the detail as as things evolve we might get presented with a set of circumstances where we uh we're then looking at things maybe a few few months down the line and they've 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 given it due consideration and they have uh rationale and kind of structure that maybe overcomes some of these things that we we we, we both of us seem to kind of have shared concerns about if you uh if you like so i, I guess that's one of the things having this this type of conversation at this at this juncture at where we're where we're at um then this, of course, this is going to be an evolving, uh, an evolving set of uh, set of circumstances. So, I guess I don't want to take um, uh, kind of too much of a negative stance. I've got my concerns, um, but it, it, it's going to be it, how this plays out is something that's going to we're going to we're going to have to be patient around how it how it does play out. I think the one of one of my thoughts is is um, that the regulators have to evolve the social care sector is in a in a state of flux and i mean really this is the biggest change in in regulation in in england certainly since uh we we switched from the sea sky uh methodology which i'm just trying to think now it's a while ago um i i it was before my time in social care i've been in been in the game for for, for seven years now and i know it was um it much uh it it it, it, it uh predates me by a, a reasonable reasonably significant margin and i can imagine that at the time there were lots of people going what are these key lines of inquiry mm. and this is this is going to be a big change and this is going to cause some concern and some frustration and things like that so um change is always unnerving and i think that's the reality of the situation right change when you're so used to something is unnerving and it's correct. We can't say this is a positive. We can't say this is a negative right now. We don't know enough to be able to make that conclusion. I think if I was to summarize my perspective, I think that the what they are wanting to bring forward, so the fact of getting the public more involved, making sure you actually have information from those who are engaged with a service mm. before you pass judgment is really important mm. because they are the people who the service is for. And so it is essential that we have that information and we're able to pull that through to a public assessment of a service. I guess probably one of the cruxes and one of the biggest details that are missing for us at this point is the challenging process. So mm -hmm. right now we have factual accuracy comments. If you're not happy with a draft inspection report, you get 10 working days to basically produce challenges to the comments that are contained um, and we do a lot of work in that area. It's it's one of our areas where providers do feel like they haven't had their voice appropriately heard through the inspection process and do want to challenge what the CQC are putting down. Our concern at the moment is that the drive from the CQC with this new framework to streamline their process has led them to making comments about how they feel the current process um, results in long-winded and maybe unnecessarily long inspection reports, which are maybe not meaningful to the public that they're addressing. What sure. we find and what providers are finding is that at the moment, those inspection reports are still not accurately reflecting the service that they provide and are still painting a picture that they don't feel represents them as a service. So if the CQC are opting to streamline their process, our big question is, well, what does it mean when a 
provider wants to challenge that. What, what is this process going to look like? And are we still going to be afforded that opportunity? Which I'm sure we will. They need to afford somebody to have a right to speak back to what's being put into a public domain. But the question is, how is that going to look under the streamline approach? Mm. I can see why the aspiration is to take the approach that they want to be able mm. to, to take. I think it, like it, it, the the concept that they're looking to bring to the table, as I understand it, I think it makes sense from an efficiency perspective. I think the mm-hmm. CQC have been buckling under the pressure of um, workforce challenges. You know, we're all all struggling with them at the moment, um, and being able to regulate in a more productive way is it's a great thing. You know, like we, mm-hmm. the, 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 there's an awful lot to be to be thankful for. I think my one of one of my other concerns is the fact that anything new is going to take time to be able to uh, to perfect the the approach. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a startup founder. My my life is making mistakes and working out how to how to improve on those mistakes. It's uh, it's just an inevitability of where we are as a as an organization. And trust me, we we make plenty. Um, but <laughs> we we I guess the in 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 our world i think there's an appreciation for the fact that we're we're a startup and we're learning and we 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 we're, we're trying to take on board as quickly as we can as we as we evolve my i think the, the the thing that i think is kind of the biggest concern for me at this stage is that the the care providers themselves might end up being the guinea pigs as part of that process i'm sure that the end game with this will will all be delighted once it's once it's up and running and it's working effectively it's that kind of there's a bit of a chasm in between those two worlds from where we are today to where we're where we're headed one of the conversations i was having with a a handful of members the other day was the fact that we've we've almost had three that there's 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 three phases of regulation that we are that we have experienced are experiencing and are too experienced so we've got what was going on pre-covid we've got what happened during covid and to date and now we're kind of sat on the edge of um well what does this look like in the in the future and there's quite distinct changes in the, the the way that they've regulated in that in that period of time um and not surprisingly it has been it has been uh unnerving again i, I want i want to kind of temper my um what m- might sound as like a, a taking a negative stance i want the regulator to work fantastically i think everyone wants to regulation so 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 important um i guess it's just that 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 transitional process so in your mind like what do you think the what do you think fundamentally the the changes could mean for care providers and what what do you see as being the the the, the biggest risks at least as we see it today yeah i mean i, I... I mean, this is the lawyer in me, right? I just wish there was a solid process in place at this point. I fully appreciate that this change is a big one. And so the regulator can't just click their fingers and it happens. But I think the way in which um, this drip feeding kind of concept of what might be happening, I think is potentially creating more nerve than more excitement about what this might mean for a provider. I think in terms of the big changes, I mean, I've kind of already touched on this that we may be expecting is basically the challenge, the challenge process. So how we are going to be collaborating with the CQC 
in a way of CQC puts forward their perspective and a provider also gets to put forward their perspective. How is that process going to work in this new model or this new regulatory approach? Because it's critical if the CQC are wanting to work collaboratively and are wanting to be more efficient and are wanting to ensure that they are putting a, a positive and appropriate and accurate public opinion of a service out there, it's important that that collaboration allows a provider an equal amount of time to challenge what is being put forward. There have been general discussions in the sphere about potentially moving to a portal approach, um, potentially getting rid of what is now a factual accuracy process and putting it all streamlined electronically, whether that means a word count, whether that doesn't, nobody knows. It's all very up in the air. So I think that is going to be the biggest change alongside the fact that providers more so than now need to be very aware that they are constantly under watch. So they need to be prepared to provide a large amount of documentary evidence to show that they're reviewing their care documentation, for example, imminently. It needs to be provided then and there. They need to be aware that conversations that they're having with healthcare professionals may be somebody who in a day's time could be called by the CQC and that person's commentary is going to be incorporated in an inspection at some point in time, in an inspection report, I should say. And I mean, I know providers are constantly in a state of wanting to put their best foot forward, but I think it just adds that extra element of, well, an inspection, a CQC arriving at our front door and saying, hey, we're here, isn't necessarily the start of what's going to be contained in that inspection report. It could have been going on for a week, a month, a couple of months prior. So I think that's the constant state of being inspected is something to also keep in the back of our minds. So this is this is digital transformation in the social care sector, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I I speak um, both very passionately and very regularly uh, about digital trans transformation in social care. It's it's a, it's a it's it's going to be one of the most important things that happens in I mean in the world it, it, more generally, but specifically in in social care. And we've generally we've got a lot of catching up in comparison to to an awful lot of other sectors and and, and industries. But I think we're I think we're getting there. I think COVID has helped with that, but to a T every single provider every single technology company that I speak to about technology technological transformation doesn't start with tech it starts with cultural transformation and that's the bit that is so hard to get right and loads of people get into it really badly um it's because it is difficult uh, I mean we've implemented various different systems in the, the, the care leaders network, which have, have worked amazingly well. And some of them we've, we've just got wrong. We've got the wrong piece of tech. We've, we've implemented it wrong. We've had to change things out. It's cost us loads of money. It's, it's, it's kind of a messy process and that's, it's an inevitability that that's going to be the, going to be the case. I think, so the, the, the providers have to be ready for that, but the CQC has to be ready for that as well. I've had conversations with people where um, they've had an inspector turn up and they say, right, show me your, show me your, uh, show me your documents, fill in the blank, whatever it might be. And it's on 
Sequoia or it's on uh, Karen or it's in uh, it's on mm-hmm. um, uh, any of the other great technology companies out there, uh, PCS or um, uh, uh, the, the um, uh, Nourish, any of the kind of the, the, the key platforms out there. There's obviously a handful of uh, others, but they, they've, they're, they're, they're a tech enabled company. And the inspector doesn't like technology. They hate it. They so they get miffed because they haven't got they haven't got that little room that they can go and sit in their in their office and go and unpack all of the uh, 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 pull all the ring binders off the off the shelf and go and thumb through all of the information. Mm-hmm. And what's what's fascinating about that is if if that particular inspector isn't um, isn't particularly tech savvy. Usually, if they if they can be left in a room and they ask for particular things and they'll um, uh, they'll be kind of uh, uh, they'll, they'll be there kind of un- under their own steam going through the information. To my understanding, a lot of them don't like using the pieces of technology and they don't like to be overseen and helped. So they because they feel like the provider might even be some way trying to manipulate the information so that they see the information that's correct rather than the information that might not be correct. And it it kind of turns into it creates it creates a very strange set of set of circumstances so i think if um providers have to be have to be ready for this but the cqc has to be ready as uh, as well and to my understanding as it as it stands today these are these are recent examples uh where i've heard kind of similar sets of circumstances to the to, to what i've just explained um it, it, it doesn't sound like they have that digital um competency or proficiency as it stands today and again this might all change it depends on how long it takes for this to roll out they might have rigorous training programs in in place but i'm i'm saying this to our audience and our and our, and our members specifically to know that there's a um certainly from the, the the conversations that i've had there's there's a reasonably high probability that this it could well it could well happen at, at, at some point so a bit of a bit of a red flag there i guess in in my mind um and that cultural transformation takes time you know take getting getting people um aligned and pulling in the same direction is really really hard again and there's social care is massive and there's lots of regulators out there so it's a big it's a big big job it's a big big job and to be fair and put credit where credit's due i wouldn't want to be doing that job you know i don't want to be that person changing the model because it's not an easy beast to Mm. crack i'm not saying that it doesn't need changing like we've already said i think the principles that they're trying to put forward are are sound and are very good it's just what is that going to look like in practice and that's that's the it aspect that's the inspection aspect that's how does a provider challenge how much transparency is there and if we are being collaborative what does that actually mean and those are questions that unfortunately are really exciting points of debate and discussion, which I think the majority of this chat has been, but they're not providing anybody with any answers at this point. So mm. maybe someday soon, who knows, but we so shall see. I was gonna say my, my, my next point was gonna be, okay, so are there any milestones? Are there any specific things that have been communicated at this stage where we're kind of, where we've got some, uh, something we can kind of hang our hat on and say, uh, update pending, TBC for this particular date or is it is it really still quite open-ended at the moment it's very open-ended um, at the moment I think there was a game plan in place they were starting with what they called early adopters in August 2022 which was just to essentially trial and error with a few providers I have a feeling and this is only based on discussions that have kind of been had around the office that matters have gone back into discussion mode 
So it's a matter where they've put it out there. There's obviously been some sessions and information dropped online. There's been a few videos um, produced by the CQC to try and explain what's been going on. And I think there's maybe been some feedback from the industry and the sector in general. And that's resulted in them kind of going back and having a think about some of those kinks that need ironing out. It's always going to happen. There's always going to be a back and forth process with something like this. And this is, I mean, hopefully this is in the in the in the in the technology world, there's a there's a concept called MVP. Uh, so it's mm. minimum viable products. It's almost like create a prototype, take it to market, get some feedback, and then roll it out once you've kind of tightened up some of the uh, kind of the key factors, and then you then you 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 evolve in kind of an iterative iterative process. The 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 fact that they're looking to do kind of a bit of a test and measure and almost like an MVP kind of approach, um, that's good. I I hope they learn what they need to learn as a result of of that. Um, and let's just wait and see how long that 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 takes. I, I mean, I've heard on the grapevine, I don't know how much, um, uh, uh, um, yeah, there's no way of being able to, to validate whether this is correct, but th that August 2022 date, to my understanding, uh, again, and this is grapevine type stuff, um, is uh, that's been postponed until April 2023. But at the moment, again, that, that might be hearsay, um, but, um, but yeah, we'll just have to just have to wait and see how that one plays out. So um, part, of my, uh, part of my question around that was, of course, to try and to be able to provide some level of uh, hopefully kind of definition for people to, to say, look, this is when we expect to hear more. Uh, I was also going to say that's probably when we should catch up next and explore kind yeah. of what, what what the set of circumstances looks like. But I, I guess this is a, a an open-ended set of circumstances where if you do hear anything, or of course, if I hear anything as well, I'll, I'll be in touch and we'll try and get a, a conversation book so that we can explore things in a bit more detail. But it's... Yeah, please, definitely. I mean... It is ongoing and that's the grapevine stuff is unfortunately where most people are hearing that information at the moment. And we often have phone calls with people going, oh, we've heard this is happening. How do we do it? What, what should we do? How do we fix it? The reality is it's all grapevine conversations at the moment that are going on. Um, even when CQC release information, we read it and we're left with more questions. So it's very much a patchwork process I should also just briefly drop in there as well Simon they have released what they've called their scoring system um, which is part of the assessment process for providers so alongside the evidence categories which basically help them formulate what we now know as an inspection report whilst they're still planning on utilizing the ratings that we know so outstanding good inadequate requires improvement they are basically looking at doing a mathematical equation so that providers basically get a little bit more of an understanding as to how close they were to the next category okay which is quite nice when you think about it it's like an exam right yeah. you got 80 percent, but you really needed to get 90 percent, and you were 10 away from getting there yeah at the moment, it's very hard to understand. Um, that also might be because I am mathematically inept. But it's very much a aim at being a bit more transparent with where a provider has fallen on the CQC scale. 
That, that that's an interesting point and i mean hopefully they just use like a, a simple quartile system so uh, mm. where where are you uh kind of spread over four quartiles to know are you at the top the top middle the bottom middle or the bottom of that individual um uh, inspection report whether it's outstanding good requires improvement or inadequate i that i think that could be um a really really positive thing for um for predominantly for the for for the teams as uh, as well i mean of, of course it's it's great for the great for the public no no doubt at all um but also as well like if 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 you've got a if you've got a great service wherever you are and you've got great aspirational people who want to drive that forward knowing that you can see those incremental games we're, we're human we're we don't do, we're driven by dopamine and if we know that yeah. our collective effort as a as a team um has has even increased just by one quartile guessing that that's kind of the or, or whatever kind of percentage or kind of sub rating they kind of categorize that with i think that could actually be really really powerful so in my mind i think that sounds really positive again the devil's going to be in the detail how does that all work out what does the mathematical equation like um yeah hopefully that, that, that they won't come to either of us for the uh for the algorithm on that one because my math isn't so good either but um oh, terrible i'm shocking that right then hopefully that could be um for as it stands at the moment and i, I have yet to uh, of course see kind of how that how that plays out i think that could be a really positive thing but maybe i'm missing glaringly obvious things and people will message me afterwards and say no simon you've missed this particular point and this is no what i mean but... at the moment there's no points to really have a big discussion about they've just basically said by the way we're doing the scoring system and right. at surface level i 100 percent agree that it's nice to know where you stand um, and I think it lends itself to the collaborative approach that they're that they're aiming for, because it gives providers an insight into how close they are to being that outstanding service, for example. So it, it gives a tangible goal and it gives people value in what they are doing versus just being chucked with a label and not knowing where you fall in the grand scheme of things. So again, it's a fantastic concept. It's really good in principle, but the devil is in the detail. Well, let's catch up on some of those details as they arrive. I think that's probably the best thing to, to do. So I think for, for now, let's let's wrap up the conversation, but let's reconvene when we know more. So, uh, so yeah, uh, I, I guess in, in, uh, for, for, our, for our members and the audience watching, um, yeah, we'll, we will endeavour to keep you posted. <laughs> and uh, obviously, if any of our members hear anything particularly that they think relevant to, to this conversation that they think that we should be having, um, obviously, we'll, we'll create some content and share it with the community. But um, Samantha, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for your perspective today. It's been really helpful and we will continue with the evolution of this, uh, this conversation as it happens. The ongoing conversation. Thank you so much, Simon. Wonderful to talk to you.